hands together for Donnie and the machine. Something I was thinking about doing for a long time, right? And we were talking before the podcast started. Like, when I was thinking about doing this and I had this vision, um, I always thought of having Matt Campbell on as a guest because... He did. Um, You're the first person he mentioned. He's like, we gotta get Matt first guest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was saying, this kid is an, an actor working on a TV show called The Case Files. He's... Doing pilots and movies. Is that the correct terminology? Pilot yeah, movie? Pilot, there were pilots and movies, yeah. Pilots and movies. So you do pilot for a TV show. Yes. And then you do movie. Yeah, actually, shoot, um, shoot well, well, that's the thing. I, I, I was close. I was close this year. Um, I was working on a, a pilot for Fox. They mm-hmm. set out this year and funded five different pilots. And I, I made, I, I uh, got the role playing a football player on one of the shows, one of the pilots that they went out to do. And, the premise of the show was that, you know, it was a prestigious university and a handful of football players got accused of raping a girl at a party, and which turned out to not be true. But it was going to stem in this whole controversy of, you know, it was it could go any other any way from there. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I actually got to be involved in some of the action scenes too that we filmed with Soldier Field, and because uh, I played in college. And um, West, what was Western Lafayette? What is it, Lafayette University? University of Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, University of Louisiana Lafayette. It's where Charles Tillman used to play. Right, right. Like, Raising Cajuns, maybe. Raising that's right. <laughs> that's right. And yeah, so I remember seeing those pictures on Facebook, and I was like, damn, and, man, Campbell playing D one football. Yep, that's oh, absolutely shit. right. And I, uh, I gotta tell you, it was really fun because I got to act in it and be in the action scenes. They hired a separate company from Atlanta to come in to do just the sports action scenes at Soldier Field. Wow. And, uh, you know, the stadium was empty except for like 300 fan extras they threw in one section and I put the camera right here to make it look like it was saturated. But it was really fun, uh, but it turned out that they didn't pick up any of the five pilots that they did this year. And I found out that if it did get picked up, we were probably going to be filming it in L.A. So I was this close to see making it out there this year. But um, that's okay. We went back to the grindstone. And I started, uh, I'm just wrapping up on a, my first full-length feature film right now called The Granny Shot. And it's a, it's my first comedy, too. Dude, Ooh, that's that awesome. Yeah, and that I, want, I want to personally invite you two to the premiere, which is... Oh, we're, there. we're there. We're there, 100%. Sure. Yeah. That sounds pretty badass. Like you're, you're living out a dream that kids have when they're young. You know, they yeah. want to be an actor. And sometime when they get into college and they're trying to figure out real life... You know, those real dreams that they had when they were a kid get put to the wayside and they go for what's secure, what they think is achievable. Yeah. But man, you got the balls to go out there and, and make this make this happen. You know, you got you were saying how some things didn't get picked up and that you were really excited about, but 
You know, you roll with the punches. You yeah. go after the next one. Keep pushing. And you're going to fucking make it one day. You're going to make it gigantic. Isn't it kind of crazy that we personally know a real actor? Right? Like, who can say that? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's plenty of people out there. There's plenty of people out I know, but like... It seems crazy to me. Yeah, dude. This guy's... I mean, this guy's... Well, like, once, we, once we get it going, you know, everyone's coming your way for the cars. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this. Sabri and his dad own a foreign car shop, and uh, that foreign do, car shop. It's, it's 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 only for foreigns, guys. So <laughs> just it's not that. true. <laughs> so I, did, I am the BMW fan. He is a huge BMW guy. I'm a Mercedes guy. I did take my old Mercedes to him before he gave me some. Would you guys make some tints for me? Yeah. But it's always the old war of Mercedes, Mercedes or BMW. BMW. Yep. Can we just come together on something? They're coming together right now. Both pretty shitty cars. You know, there's you guys gotta always choose a side. I gotta choose a side. Like I'm pretty Listen, sure. Listen, it's just personal man. preference. That's all. It's yeah. not like we're actually going to fight over it. But you're on Team BMW and you're on Team Mercedes. It's all, right. it's all good. They're so if someone, you're telling me if someone gave you a free BMW, Matt, you're not going to want to go on it? It depends. I like the 745s, the big body sedans. Yeah, of course. I like what he's got outside. Is it X5 or is it X... Yeah. Is it an X5 yeah. SUV? And I remember what you when you were younger, you were driving a Mercedes S-Class. Remember that? Mercedes. Yeah. Your mom, had, your mom had a white Mercedes. My mom, my mom had one. But you, my mom you always were driving it. Wow, you're going to admit that? Yes, my mom always drives a Mercedes. Interesting. Yep. Okay, She's driving one right now. <laughs> there we go. Yep. She's a smart woman. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't pick, we just give it to her. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Sabri Motors, go to him. Can you Shelly Clark Why don't we tell everybody a little bit how we know Matt? Yeah, Oh, well, there's a few. How did we meet? <laughs> I think I think it was at the lunch table junior year. Definitely lunch table. Could have been in class. I think um, I think we had a uh, science class together, Danny. Possibly. And didn't we have a class? I remember like I was just joking. I like Green Day, and I remember they were playing this song. <laughs> they wake me up when September ends. I go, yeah, more like wake me up when the song ends. <laughs> and Danny took exception to that. He did not like the comment. I said, no, I'm kidding. Did that? But that really happened. Yeah, I, I have no recollection of that. I usually remember a lot of shit, but I don't remember that at all. Yeah. So you offended me by saying that, and you I got, thought I was serious at first. You were like <laughs> came to the front line of the defense. No way. And that seems pretty <laughs> legit, knowing Danny back in high school. It seems like that would happen. You were the guys, first I guy on the front line, dude. I swear this guy. <laughs> I am not conversational. I like to think I am. I don't. I don't. I I've think you should be. I've been in a handful of fights. I mean, a handful, like three, maybe. Fights? Yeah. Like a brawl? I don't fight. I don't, I'm not confrontational. I'd rather just, That's like, good. figure out what the problem is uh, maturely and then, like, handle it. That's well, it. Yeah, no need. Well, when you were a kid. I feel like when I was a kid. I mean, maybe not handle it as maturely. Like, I'd probably let my yeah, temper down a whack, you know, as a 16-year-old does. Yeah, I mean, you had a little bad temper. Well, a little bit. So. We had our fights as well. For sure. <laughs> but it, it's interesting how we met because it also shines light on a funny topic. Um, you know, we, we kind of found out about each other. We, you guys were in a rock band. We were. We were. With right. Our last podcast, we talked about, like, our growth and development and, like, our influences. And we played a little With the Vengeance songs, and we kind of just talked about our, you know, our experiences doing it. You know? yeah. I was I was uh, blown away. Like, you guys did really quality work back then. And, uh, Thank you, you know, but it was, it was funny, like, learning about each other, like, you know, I remember you saying like you didn't know if I was gonna be cool or not because it might be a douchebag jock or some like, football dude or and Possibly. you know it was just pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, you know we we what it what it exposes is though is the pre the judgmental for it. It's always oh we're actually cool. Right. Right. Oh, right. And right. You know, like that's crazy. No, no. When you think about it, like when you go into high school and 
you get these preconceived notions of what, like you make up these things in your head of what other people might be thinking of you and how you perceive other people and how you yourself label them. Like we all do it. It's, okay. uh, it's instinctive. In high school is the worst. Oh yeah. And then it's your, the your emotions. You got your cliques. Like these are the jocks. These are the theater people, you know? We all, I mean, everybody's just comfortable about, around people that like the same thing. Sure. Not necessarily that they're not cool people or nah, you cling you cool cling people. to people that have yeah. similar interests, you know? I tried to I tried to get to know everybody as much as I could, hang out right. with different people. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with For that. For sure. For one, sure. And one of the worst ones was the preconceived notion that like football guys and soccer guys, like football guys thought soccer guys were so a field fairy. <laughs> yeah. Too. Right, right, it's right. like I love soccer. I used to play soccer before high school. Right. And, and, but the and Night Park Ridge Nightmares, right? The Nightmares, yeah. baby. We were unstoppable. Yeah. Those guys, though, those guys played together for a long time before they got to well, high school. Well, look, think about it. They, you guys won, won third in state. Yeah. yeah. And that was a lot of my team that I For sure, no. Play with. Yeah, those and guys. I just wish I could have, because I came to watch you guys in the state finals. I just wish I could have been out there, too, because I think yeah. it could have held it down still. Yeah, but you guys made it to the state finals, too, though. You were on a state finals. Too. Yes, but I had to choose between football and soccer. I chose football. And it helped, but I just think it's it sucks because of that whole thing between the, the soccer guys. Like they think the soccer guys are pussies. Yeah. Not true at all. I man. think that was yeah, like the perception, like or the like preconceived notion. But I don't think anybody ever followed through to that. Like, no. oh, I hate those guys because they're football players, or football players hating on soccer guys. For real, I, I felt like there was some love there. I was like, absolutely, you know what I'm absolutely. And it's funny because on the on the flip side. You know, you ended up playing football in college, right? And so it's Go funny because you know, and I played receiver in college, but yeah. I was the kicker on Main South because you were busy playing football. So I, was I played playing, kicker I was, too. I, I was playing soccer. I mean soccer. Yeah. He was, so you know you had a boot though. But you were on the soccer team, so I had to go and I had to... For sure. So I never really, it never crossed my mind once, dude. I was, I, I had soccer fever in high school. In 2006, Italy won the World Cup, and that was like the real first time a team that I, you know, ha, you know, loved because uh, I, I come from Italian descent, and it just was something that I did, you know, with my dad and my, and my brother, watching Italian soccer, watching the national team. It was a, a tradition, kind of. And every year we get together for the World Cup, and they won in the summer of '06. That was going into my my senior year. I remember you know? cheering for them that summer. Absolutely, too. dude, it jacked me up, and I wanted nothing but you know, to. One of those things where I remember where I was when Italy won it. I totally do. I was I in Luke Pergandi's kitchen. So I was in my grandmother's I was living there. room. You, yes, I was there. They, all, those guys were all there. Yeah, they we were, were all there. Where you remember where you were? Hell yeah! But see, my my point being is that <laughs> I wanted nothing but winning a state title with those with that team with those guys, and those guys wanted it too. Like, there's something to everybody on a team having one common goal, coming together, and not letting anything bother them, you know? And and it took me a little while to mesh with those guys because they were all one group, and I was kind of like an outsider. But we ultimately did, and we put our differences aside, and we went and took care of business that year. And we played, like, 90% of our games away, too, you know? And it's different when you're going to play away. What do they call that? What do they call that? Road Warriors. Road, road Warriors. Dude, our, our head coach gave a speech at the assembly after we ended up, you know, winning third in the state. And he he named the poem or the, the speech that he had written called Road Warriors. See. He did. He totally did. I remember that. Guy. Actually, it was our 10-year anniversary last year, last fall. We all got together at one of the, the games at the barbecue. They, oh, do, no a, they do a barbecue every year at Main South for the, cool. you know, the games. Um, for the varsity games and uh, they had us out there they gave us like you know uh, halftime memorial or whatever 
and recognized us. And it was cool. It was cool to see those guys again and, and hang out with them. They're you know a bunch of good dudes, man. Well, it's good to see you're also staying active these days. Fuck yeah. I want to also mention to the audience how we reconnected kind of in the last couple of years. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. So, Paul, so going back, going back to the, the, the soccer thing, I, I did not want to play football at all. Like, I had no recollection of playing football because I was so gung-ho on soccer, right, because we did it. But then I get to college, and <laughs> I'm like, hey, is soccer really like a, a future? Is there, I'm done. I was done playing soccer. I was like, all right, I'm done playing soccer. I was getting a little bigger, slower. So then I played college football. And Matt, was, you go ahead, tell the story. How did we reconnect again? Well, actually, I think, did I see you at the trial for the Chicago Blitz? Was it, it wasn't the Blitz. Or dude, it I was, think, no, no, I was at a, you were in Florida, and I was at a comedy show. I was at a comedy club in Chicago, and I get a call from you. You're like, look, man, we need more receivers. I, I told yeah. him to call my guy. That's right. Um, and that's uh, Was I in Florida I when I called you? Yeah. And then I think when you guys got back in town and started back up practice, I started coming out to practice. And I got to tell you guys, this team, I did not know what I was getting into. Yeah, you think, oh, you think flag football. Yeah. You think you know, you know. fairies on the field, has-beens, guys that play, that want to keep playing, that, you know, are just messing around, touching the ball. Mm-hmm. You get out there, dude. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely not. I did not know These what guys I was are into. the real deal. And now let me just say this. These are this is an awesome group of dudes. Oh, yeah. Every single one of oh, them. Yeah. We'll have some of them. On. We'll have some of them on the podcast eventually. Like really enjoyed meeting all these guys and um but yeah, I did not know what I was getting into because what I mean by that is this this team that he invited me to play with them, the Windy City Hammer. The Windy City Hammer. Right. Is a wrecking force. It is. This is like we are blowing every team out of the water. Like it's not even close. In Chicago. In Chicago, yeah. all these you know we put weekend tournaments, Schiller Park here, like Melrose Park there, yep. Yep. and you know, it's it's unbelievable. And like we got every. The thing is, every single dude on the team played college. Yeah, most and, of us. We, you know, one guy was from Michigan. One guy was from Mizzou. You know, one like and it's everybody was played in college, so we're just we're just rolling these teams every week, and it's just like we're laughing, it's joking, it's great, and you can even drink too if you want. And it's I'll never group of dudes, man. forget this guy. What what do they call him? The Kraken? Who's that? Uh, the big tight end. What what what's what's his name? He owns his own clothing company. He owns his own clothing company. What is his <laughs> name? I was gonna. What? Yes, the I, only guy that owns his own the older company. dude, the tight end. That's just he, he's older, but he's still built, and he's like he's pretty big dude. He owns the only guy that owns a clothing line is Sean McCowan, and he, his clothing line is called Yup 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 Clothing. Yeah, yup, that's yeah, him. Yeah, See, you know is that who you're talking about? Yes. Okay, so this dude shows up to a game <laughs> yeah. with a backpack and like full of just whatever he had left in his <laughs> fridge, like anything from wine coolers to a Corona to like a little, but you know whatever they had, whatever was left is a grab bag. Yeah, and he's just like in almost every you know, we're tossing the ball around. This guy's just down and whatever, like you know. Next thing I know, I look up beginning of the game, he gets loose on a post route, and catches the, catches the ball like Nick George, awesome dude, quarterback, yeah, yeah. bombs it to him. He catches it. They get him down at the two yard line. He comes out for a breather. Next thing I know, I turn around. He's in a butterfly chair, smoke ripping down a huge stogie. <laughs> yeah, I'm like <laughs> looking at this guy like he just made this huge play. Comes out, rip, rip, you know. Dude, those lays, guys are interesting, man. Lays back with a cigar, and then next They're thing funny. he's back in the game. Now, meanwhile, I think I ran on the field without my flag, so I had to buy a bucket of beers after the game. Oh, but yeah, you can't do that. That's another story. Yeah, I um, think I did that one time too. I didn't know the rules then, but I, I get a penalty, buy a bucket of beers. After yeah. The game. 
So, and, uh, you know, next thing I know, he's back out there, and he's got the biggest dip in you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, you could force as much back yeah. on the mom's hospital. This guy had it. You could smell him from 15 yards away. You could smell the dip pouch from yeah. from 15 yards away. But this guy was out there balling, and he's not only, what is he, like 40? No, he's not that old. I don't think he's that old. I think he's, he's got some great hair. I don't know. I think now, now he's he's done. He hasn't been around in a little while. He's got a baby now. I think really? they're on the way. Really? Married and all Bottom that. Bottom line, stud. This Dude. guy's out there like old guy, like just bald. So, like <laughs> it, I, I'm just looking at this. So here's the here's the best part though. So uh, one day before a game, we still haven't lost. Nick George comes up to me. And he's giving all the receivers these wristbands. You know the type where you put them on your forearm and you could flip it open and it says all the plays in there? Yeah, yeah. I go, Nick, Nick, we're, we're crushing everybody. Isn't this like overkill? And he goes, yeah, dude, but we got to get ready for nationals. <laughs> so I'm like, nationals? So then we start making team pictures every time we win the championship. Yeah, every we time we win a championship photo. or we do, uh, we win a league, whatever it is, or a tournament, we take a team photo, championship photo. So I'm just getting tagged in all these photos yeah, now. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm on Instagram, and I get this message from a guy named D Brown or something, and he's he's like he what he said something to 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 the effect of, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock your ass down when you come down to ATL, son, and I'm thinking like <laughs> hold on a second, like well, who is this? And so I click on his page, and it's like he, he's he's got a lot of football pictures. He looks like a D a D back, so that's who I would go against. Yeah, defensive back. And I'm like, this guy's from the flag. Like the Nationals, like yeah. you know, whatever. He's, he's probably he's, one of the top already, teams. Yeah. He sees that I'm a new member of the Windy City Hammer, and he's already talking trash. It's crazy. So I'm like thinking, what really? What did I get myself into? <laughs> they, we, they released the rankings online. Windy they City just, Hammer, dude, they just, number one. They just ranked them again. I just saw. I mean, I just they, they just came out. Nation, I saw. Right? Yeah, we're number one in the nation. And it's I, crazy. Like I it's said, effing crazy. Like man. we would roll teams, and I feel bad because I was able, unable to, like when it came to be gearing up towards nationals, I couldn't come to practice or nationals because I had work and I was filming something. But uh, I, I just became too busy and I couldn't play with you guys anymore. But You're an aspiring actor, dude. You're trying to make it. You're trying and to make it, but no love lost. No, I no, still, no. You know. Those guys, dude, those guys are the best. And it, it goes to it goes to saying this, okay? We, we go out there, we crush teams every weekend. When we go to tournaments, we do our best and everybody fears the hammer. Everyone is out to get Windy City Hammer. Everyone's that's afraid. Right. The white boys can ball. That's right. We that's have a guy on our team that's like a pirate. But here's Matt. Dude's guy's the closest thing. Yeah, super like pirate. <laughs> hyena, hyena. He does his fake call. But my point is, dude's badass. These guys aren't. It's not. It's not just like an easy thing. These guys are working at it. Nick George is there every weekend. He never fucking misses anything. And these guys are committed. Okay, these guys are committed, and there's something to being the best. Right, you gotta be committed. You gotta stay fit. You gotta stay in shape and have your fun on the sideline. Right, but uh, these guys yeah. are busting their tails. Okay, <laughs> they right. want to win. They're so competitive. Uh, I'm lucky to have found them. I'm happy to be uh, on that team. It's a it's a great time every Sunday doing you know the regular league. It's a great time doing tournaments. It's a great time traveling, going to Florida, going to Atlanta. We do a Vegas trip. Uh, there's a, a North Carolina or South Carolina tournament they want to get into, and then obviously Florida national tournament every year. It's the biggest thing in flag football history. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, we talked about it. people think flag football. They think, oh, it's such you know it's for wussies. They're not hitting no, each other. No, this thing gets chippy. Like they're throwing blocks. There's it's definitely lifted. It's definitely physical. It's definitely physical, and there are some good athletes out there, hands down. How many fights were there? Like. Remember the cops had to come there one time? Well, dude, in Florida, there was such a giant fight last year that the complex that we had it on, 
they don't want us there anymore. So they're moving us. From, oh, so we moved in the last three years. We moved from Orlando to Tampa. And now we have to move to Sarasota. I think that's the word on the street. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. Have you guys um, won in Florida, like a national title? So the guys, maybe five years ago, they were in. Uh, so basically, how it's brought, it's broken down is. Um, there's eight-man flag football, there's nine-man flag football, there's seven-man. We play in the eight-man eligible division, and it's broken down to A, B, C, and D. And A is obviously the top. So um, the guys, like maybe five or six years ago, they won it in B. And then they moved up to A, and we're trying to win an A championship now. We've uh, we got third place two years ago, or maybe third place last year. Third place last year, and then second place two years before. The teams that, all right, man, when you get down to Nationals, every team is good. They are deep, right, super athletic, and just as competitive. You know, this isn't a cupcake tournament. Flag football teams are preparing all year long to go to Nationals, man. And it's a fun experience. I think if you don't keep your head on a swivel, you could get decleated in an instant. Totally. Totally, dude. Yeah. So the first game down in Nationals last year, I missed the first extra point, and extra points at 37 yards. I was nervous. I was so nervous. Dude, I was so nervous. But we, we walked there, and the new rule is we kick for three, right? So after a touchdown, you kick for three, you're up 9-0. It's a giant advantage. It's a 37-yard kick. It's not a gimme, right? No. Um, I missed it. First kick. I was so fucking nervous. I was like, God damn it. I knew I was going to do it. I, I felt uneasy. Anyway. We end up, fi uh, final drive at the end, right? We're down by two, right? I made my extra points, maybe a field goal again after that. We're down by two, Nick George dude, drives down the field. We have three seconds left, we're down by two. I kicked a 47 yard winner, game winner. Boom, I'm <laughs> Yeah, dude, hitting a game winner, That's a good dude, point. there's nothing like it. Your heart is racing so fast, you get one opportunity, that's what I love about kicking. That's what drew me Yo, to playing football. I had a game tire before, which is worse. Like, oh, in, in high school, in high school, like we were down. Oh like, yeah, you know, twenty-one twenty, and I, you know, that's if I missed it. We're oh, an extra point, an yeah, extra point. So you like, can't do. Never that. had the game winner, uh, extra point opportunity, but did have a as a receiver though game winner opportunity, which is oh, you caught it, game winner yeah, touchdown. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty nice. Little flag route. Nice. Um, against Warren, which is a good program. A good program. Warren, what, Wheaton, Warrenville, or just no, Warren, Warren, Warren Township? Yeah. Yeah, Warren Township and Gurney. Dude, that's who we've lost to in the state semifinals. They Lit just, us they're, up. They're pesky, dude. Four to zero. They're pesky. good. They're good. What's pesky mean? <laughs> just very, you know, like, like pesky. <laughs> pesky. Like, uh, they get under your skin? Like... They stay, on you, yeah. they stay on you. They stay on you. Maybe and even with soccer, they could have some pesky defenders. Dude, they had some offense that was off the chain, man. The kid, the one guy in the in the state semifinals in 2006, lit us up by himself. Four goals. This motherfucker could not miss that day. And then he ended up getting a free ride to Marquette, I think. Dude, he was a good soccer player. I, he was good. He was hard to play against. I, I was. I felt like I was hurting that day. I remember like getting like a. Like a Charlie horse, like a, a knee to my thigh. Don't blame it on injury. I'm not <laughs> definitely not making excuses. I'm definitely not making. The kid was good and rocked me good, man. He rocked a lot of our defenders. We had some good defenders on our team, you know. Right. And uh, dude, he he scored a lot. <laughs> Four goals by himself, dude. He was good. He's a good player. But yeah, I don't even know why I told you I was injured. That doesn't make. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter at all. I wonder where he is right now. Who knows, man? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember where his name was. <laughs> but he remembers that he got a free ride. Well, well, that's big. Like I don't remember the guy's name that lit you up. Yeah, he lit us up. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony, maybe Anthony. All right, I don't know. They had a receiver that lit us up. Did the best he could, but like I forgot his name. I think it was Marcus something. I wish I, could, I wish we had like a technician on hand. I wonder if this podcast could, gets big enough. Yeah, like where we get a tech guy. Like make Brandon. We'll, we'll make Brandon. Yeah, it was like big sports. Hey, can you can you see the guy's name? Look that up for me, please. Look it Your up brother Marco can do it. Dude, my, we're not asking him to do a thing. <laughs> we're not asking him to do a thing. Hey, isn't um, he in your band? The band that is he not existent anymore? He was in the band. So is this going to be like a VH1 behind the scenes? Like no. How you guys broke up? <laughs> no, we, we, we explained that in the last podcast. Yeah, we did. We explained why with the Avengers broke up and yeah. how they broke up down to the T. So we're not going to explain it again. If you want to hear the version of how with the Avengers broke up, you can listen to Dining Machine episode two. <laughs> in the archives but that one will not be video there's no video on that this no, is the this first is the first video, video one. this is good uh, you let's know what let the record show when it comes <laughs> to building something it takes time you know when we did our first podcast we didn't have shit we and, and we let had, me just say this this set is amazing it's pretty sweet well i mean it was intended for my music studio use yeah but, <laughs> but i it came for this i too. came to sabri and i'm like we gotta do this podcast and we're gonna do it in your in your house I don't care what you say. To be honest, I didn't know your guys' equipment was was this legit. <laughs> and, I mean, that with no disrespect, I was going to come cool, in here, man. even if you had a laptop popped open, we had to talk into the microphone. <laughs> talking to ourselves. I was going to be here. <laughs> you're because you're my guys, and this, and I know you guys are funny, and I know this is going to be a quality show. Yeah, this is going to be fun, dude. I, listen, there's something to just capturing genuine conversation. Because it's relatable. You know, things will pop up that other people think about but never talk about. Right, you true. know what I mean? Especially, and my goal is to bring guys like you who are inspiring, who are motivating, who are going after that dream of becoming an actor or becoming a movie star or working in LA. You know what I'm saying? Like, that to me is something special and people should listen to people like you that are out there working their tails off Busting your ass, and, and it's not, like something like us too. Like we want to do this podcast. Our, one day we want it to be big. We want to have a following, but for good reason. Yeah. Like we're just out there spitting the truth as much as possible, spreading love, spreading the good word, man. Right. Yeah. And that's that's important. People like that shit. I right, think. Right. And so, one thing that I'm excited about is that you know, on the side from acting, I don't have to necessarily do bartending or maybe get a server job. I'm fortunate enough that I have a TV producer job working, like you mentioned, on the Case Files show. Yeah, dude, talk, you know what? Let's fucking talk a little bit about the Case Files. Give, yeah, me, give me some information about this show because... Because it ties back into the whole city of Chicago violence issue, the gun violence issue. Yeah, and right, guys, Chirac, right? Yeah. Chicago's got that reputation for... It's a weird dynamic going on in the city right it now. It is weird. But a little bit about the show, it's basically... Yeah, give me a look. A lot of people like crime shows, right? They love them. Chicago PD. A lot of people my wife like, loves No, I'm talking about real crime shows. Like, real cases, real detectives. Oh, like, yeah. Like, true stories. True, yeah. Yes. True crime. Yes, yes, yes. Stories. So, you know, and a lot of people love the city of Chicago. So, put that together, you might like our show. You know? For sure. It's creating some suspenseful, interesting situation. Right, right. What it, it, what it, what we do is every week, uh, it's on the CW, which is channel 8 or 50, depending on your cable provider. Okay. Um, every week is a new case we, we profile, and what we 
we do is we'll get the real detective from the CPD um, on the case, and he'll sit down and tell the story of what happened. We'll also take him to like the crime scene, and he'll point around to kind of like, oh, they ran this way, they ran out this gate, or whatever. Call it the crime, the detective walkthrough. Okay. And then we also hire actors to reenact the crime. Oh, so it's like it's like one of those like documentary type TV shows where yeah. you just relive reliving the right this crime. Okay. Exactly, That's and so. The detective serves as like the narrator, pretty much, as he's telling the story. We also interview like some friends and family to get the kind of, you know, life story side of it, mm. to see, you know, because in the newspapers it'll just be like it's their name and their age and from maybe this neighborhood. And right. That's all you get. Right. We want to show that hey, this is a person. You know, he had nieces and nephews. He would take them to the zoo or buy them shoes. And right. He was important to people's lives. So when he died, you know, a lot of people were affected. Too. Sure. Um, not just sure. didn't just stop there, you know. Yeah. But even though we can't solve all the cases, we have gotten uh, leads on about nine or ten cases. And I say that because one was a double homicide, um, so we had you know, to count two victims, I right. guess you could say. Right. Um, but we're not going to solve every one. But just the fact to the families that they know that somebody is out there that cares still and is still trying. And it also gets the detectives back Absolutely. looking at it again, kind of like Absolutely. they come in when they, they look cool. at the case all again, you know? Yeah. They go through it and sit down and we film them talking about the case all over again. So it gives them a chance to open up the file again. Sure. It's bring, being brought up to people's attention. Right. Like one time we, we solved one because we were just there at the projects filming and one of these girls that lived there, they saw us with the film crew. She went to the security office and she said, hey, were those guys talking about that murder that happened here? And he, he said, yeah, um, they were filming about that. And she said, well, I have a video on my phone. There was a guy, he was waving a gun around at a party earlier that night. No here, way. And I think it's him. And it turns out, turns out they get the video to the police, and they matched it up, and it was the guy. No shit. Wow. And that's how we solved that one. Did you reenact that actual <clears throat> moment and put that on the show? Yeah, because it was pretty bold. The guy was walking down the sidewalk. It was kind of like if you could picture like a little community homes. And like in between, there's like little sidewalks. Yeah. And there was just a kid um, was smoking a cigarette on the porch with his mother, and there was just a guy just coming from the side, like coming down the sidewalk, and he looks at him and he just like gives a head nod, like "What's up?" And he gets like five yards past and just turns around, and just starts blasting, boom, boom, Jeez. boom. The mom's right there, and the okay, and the brother's on the porch too. He's so messed up because. He feels bad because when they started shooting, he tried to get out of the way and he like opened the door and in effect kind of blocked his brother from getting inside the door because mm -hmm. the, like the railing kind of was there and his mom, you know, is on the ground at this point. So he like feels guilty because he thinks he blocked his brother from getting inside his safety. And then his mom starts trying to shield him and she's just there with her son like giving him CPR until like the medics show up and then he ended up passing away. But um. Yeah, and then it just stuff, it's just senseless stuff like that that we just don't just know why. For no good reason. Yeah. Dude, it happens all the time. It's just, somebody, you gotta be brought up that way, though. It's a life we don't understand. You're not, you're not born that way. Somebody teaches you that. But you're around the wrong person or the wrong people. But okay. hold on, it's a lineage of that type of stuff. Sometimes it could be your dad or your uncle, like, yeah, in the gang, and he's that's what that's you up. Like, that's yeah, fine, it's but it's still somebody that. teaching you that. It's not like yeah. sure. You never. But how do you? With, like, but how do you? You're right. You're right. How, but how do you change that dynamic? It's it's affecting so many people on a giant spectrum, that 
it's well, hard. No, yeah. It's hard to change that, man. Well, the only way to change it is, like, people have to change themselves individually. They have to realize that they don't want to sure. be part of it and find a way out. Sure. Sometimes they're just too sure. scared. But, but, but when you're growing up in an environment that's completely against you yeah. and is, you know, going to, I don't know. I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, there's no way I would right. know. But no, I mean, there's definitely people who've come come from worse yeah, yeah. that have gotten to a higher level. You know what I'm For saying? Sure. You know, I've worked in, in in those elements, you know, as a teacher. I worked in the Alcal Gardens, 133rd and Dan Ryan. So, like, right on the border of, you know, Illinois and Indiana. And it's rough, man. Things things happen out there that we don't understand, right. you know, because we're, we grew up out here in the suburbs where... You know, it's nice. And thank God, we got a good hand. We got dealt a good hand, right? It's not our fault. That's just how the dice rolled. These people are getting a a shitty hand. Dealt a shitty hand, and they got to make do. And that's, and we got to do whatever we can to help the situation. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. But it's hard for us to understand because we don't live in that environment. We can't understand, but even if you wanted to help, what makes you think maybe they're in that mindset where they don't want your help? Like, I caught a video. I caught a video on Facebook the other day where apparently these two guys at a restaurant, they didn't have enough money to pay for their food, and a guy just sitting down offered, you guys need any help with money. They got so offended and pissed off, and they started beating the shit out of me for no good reason. The guy was just like, if you need help, it can help you. Isn't that the world we live in today? Or is it it just, has this always been, has the world always been this crazy, or is it just because we're seeing more videos and stuff? I think we just have more outlets to watch. Or what is it? it? Oh, that's 100% the case. You know, dude, I think, I think that there are some bad people out there, but it's not the majority. I think the majority of the people will, when shit goes down, come together and help each other. Look what just happened, you know, in Houston and in Florida. Shit went wrong with this hurricane. A lot of people were affected, and what happens? People come together. People are sending shit down there. They people were are sending from Louisiana yes. with boats. They call it the Cajun Navy. They came <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. And then, you know what's, you know what's horrible? They started going back because people were, like, tricking them and to say, like, oh, yeah, help, we need help, and then they would come get them, and then they would, like, rob them, like, everything they had. Yeah, the and, like, that's just, goes, that are... it's, like, the looting stuff. Yeah. Sure. They just caught nine more people, like, trying to break into a sh- uh, shoe store. Yeah, um, the full People are in need help, and you're stealing from, it's, like, the worst thing. You could there are see. always people that are going to take advantage of a situation. Like, yeah. for example, like, funds that say, hey, come help us, we're, we're, we've been affected negatively from the hurricane, uh, what was it, Harvey, for Hurricane Harvey in Houston, and then people send money to this cause, and then the people just take the money and they go. It's not going to the cause that they say it's going. Right. There's definitely those people that take advantage. But what I'm saying is I think there's more people there's more that are good, good people. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely more good than evil, and, you know, altruism, that, that quality that human beings naturally just want to help one another, it's in all of us. I think there's also okay. the fact of any news or anything like that, they don't. They would prefer to show the negative the shit. negative stuff. The Make us stuff. more afraid. That makes people oh, want yeah, to watch more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it attracts you. Like, oh shit, yeah. what's going on? Definitely. All right, cool. Like, there's good stuff going but on. That makes a... me feel good. But like, the bad stuff is like, you know, attracts more people. Sure. Just like watching a movie, you know. But when there's millions <laughs> of people coming together, helping each other through this tough time, right. That shit isn't getting publicized. No. But people, it's happening. It's a very it's happening. You I know? think we just see a lot more too, because now everybody's got a. Phoned, oh, 100%. So everything comes out like... 100%. We see it. And on a similar note, I truly believe that a small percentage of each race is actually racist, okay? If that makes sense. I'd say maybe 10 or 20% of each race. But we're seeing it as color and not like we need to actually identify 
the individual person. I think we um, need so. I think a lot of people are getting upset lately because they're hearing a lot of backlash about maybe someone's talking that about their certain group. They're saying, "Hey, that's not me. Like, I don't act like that." We, we do these blanket statements. Like, we, Blanks, we, we, exactly. we, make, we make these. We make these blanket statements that are unfair because individually, we're all you know different, right? You can say things that all Italians are this or all you know white people are this or all blacks do that. You can make these blanket statements, but it comes down to the individual at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, we got to stop making these teams, right, where we're on this team or against that team. I know it's natural for humans to come together like that, but we got to stop looking at us, us as humans in these different colors and groups. we got to do hashtag oh. team human. Dude. We're all human. We're all more alike than we are different, I think. Team yeah, human. Hashtag, hashtag team human, Donnie. Hashtag team human, dude. We're all fucking heard it here first. <laughs> did we just start something? I think I think we, we might hope we did. Hashtag team human because we're all on that fucking team, dude. And we're, at the end of the day, when shit goes wrong, we gotta come together. No matter what color we are, no matter of course. what no matter what ethnicity we are, no matter what our political views are. But there's always that there's always somebody, man, that doesn't want that. Sure. There's there's, a, the, there's gonna there's be the, the higher percentage. power, there's the people with the money, there's the people that control everything. Hey. For a long time, I mean, I'm not the biggest, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but I loathe people who just believe every single thing they're told, like, from the news. Like, you can't go out and think for yourself. I, I gotta see it for me. Like, Yeah. For me, like, I, I read see about it. everything. Doesn't mean I'm gonna believe everything, but hey, this is a different perspective on everything. So, like, do you believe that the president actually runs the country? I don't know. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. We might be a puppet, you know? Maybe yes. there's the guys in the black coats that nobody knows coming along and saying, you gotta do this, you know? And, and <laughs> fact of the matter is that we'll never fucking know. No, we will never know. We'll never know. <laughs> so to say that you know this... Okay, I know don't know that, this. No, I know. I know. <laughs> it's just... It's not right, because we don't know... We won't ever know that type of shit. And you know what? Let's, at the end of the day, just help the person next to us and live our lives to the fullest. Find a purpose, find a passion, get after it. Help as many people as you can. Or fill your bucket first and help fill everybody else's bucket, metaphorically. Yep. You know? And let's try to make the world a better place for our, for our, for our offspring, for our future children. Of course. You know that's what I'm saying? The, that's the, that's the ultimate goal, I, you know, for, for me. It's the ultimate goal for this podcast. And this is what I have in, in mind for our society, for our humanity. I, I think uh, a lot more people need to think like you, Dan. I, you know... That's what I've been saying. I've <laughs> been saying that my whole life. <laughs> uh, I've been saying, no, no, dude. It's just like I, I said earlier. I'm not a, com I'm not computational. I'd rather just have shit fucking work for everybody. Well, it's because it's not. If like when you mature and you're mature in your mind, is you realize that it's not worth it. You know, it's not. You're gonna beat the shit out of this guy. And what? What did you accomplish? Or you're gonna do this? Or you gonna well, do this? the ego okay. does crazy things. Makes people yeah. do some crazy things, don't you think? I think that everybody just does their part. And one thing you could do is negativity. And I believe in this energy. Like it spreads. Like negativity. Hell yeah! Oh, yeah. I'm such a believer in energy. So if somebody on the train is rude to you, you might, you know, that might get passed to you, and you might be like, hey, you know. Yeah. And then definitely. But instead of passing it on to the next person. Make it stop with you, right? Make it stop with you, and then point. just terminate it. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just yeah. every if everyone just does their part and being a good person. I like yeah. that. Just do your part. Yeah, I can't do it for everybody. 
Right. I can't, you know. But we're human, and you know what? Sometimes we get pissed off. Sometimes we get really angry. Sometimes we get frustrated. Right. You know, that shit happens. Learn to fucking deal with it, people. <laughs> Everybody feels it. Go deal chop with some it. wood. Go chop some wood. Do you know? You know. Like, you know what else? Everybody should have an escape like that. Though. You get angry. Go chop down a tree for your mom. Exactly. She has an ugly old apple tree hanging over the, and she wants it gone. Go knock that shit down. But don't you think sometimes people go along the way? And their 30s and their 40s and their 50s and they're doing the same shit because they want to be secure and they're too afraid to take risks they get so self-absorbed that they forget the reason why they're doing what they're doing and then they become unhappy you know what I mean like I gotta go to work today and I gotta do this and I get I don't get home and it's like oh only one more day to the weekend I fucking hate hey that. you know what I feel like Chicago is a city especially the downtown business working class people I feel like Everything is just geared up towards working for the weekend. Yeah. Everything is just like getting through the week to drink on the weekend. Yeah. Or party on the weekends or have fun on the weekend. I've seen that all It's like, yeah. hey, enjoy the week. Enjoy the week. Yeah, you got like, all, yeah. <laughs> take your dog to the little doggy uh, where they let you eat and have your dog yeah. in the patio or the doggy can. Hang out with some fucking friends. Well, don't you feel like then those are the people who took that job just because of the money instead of actually liking what they do or just because... Whatever yeah. it is, some people are in a position so you get, where they have to, though. Yeah. yeah, some people are, but like a lot of in a lot of cases, they're like, oh, you know, either somebody taught you like, I should be this because it pays well and I'll be secure, and then they're like working all week at their desk or whatever, and then you know it's Friday, oh my god, and that's it. Yeah. That's their escape. Right. 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 Yeah, but it's so sad. Like, I, look, man, everyone has to figure out their way through life. Everyone's got to figure out how to fund their existence. But why can't it be? something that you fucking love to do. Well, that's Why can't you fund your existence doing something that you love? Why? What's your, don't don't make the excuse. Figure out what it is that drives you and fucking, like Gary Vee says, triple down on it and go after it. Listen, like, I always tell people, if there's a will, there's a will. Hell yes, there's a if fucking you wanna, If you sit here today and you tell me, I want to be a judge in the circuit court, you can because there's a, there's a path you could take. For sure. And even if you have to go work at Dunkin' Donuts to save enough money to get to undergrad, and then to get to law school, and then to you know take the bar. Yeah, there are ways all along the way that you could do that if you want it bad enough. Sure, sure. But you gotta want it bad enough. Let me. You gotta put. You gotta want it. Can I tell you my mindset for a lot of the ways I approach it? And I didn't realize this until I never said it out loud. I felt like I've always known, but I've never said it out loud until one day I was talking to my brother. Anytime I try an endeavor, or I'm going after a goal, I always look at it. Like, the end result is the fucking most maximum. For example, like, when I tried, when we were in the band, right? I went after every practice, after every song, recording, show, like, we were going to make it big. Like, we were going to one day make a music video and be on MTV, and I envisioned myself on TRL. I envisioned myself going and playing shows in front of thousands of people, right? Going about my business every single day, day to day, I always thought that the end result, the end goal was that. So I was working f for that. Now, you shoot for the stars, you end up somewhere in the clouds. It didn't happen. I think, I think it's if you shoot for the moon, you might fall amongst the stars. Is that what it is? Think. I, 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 think we're on, I think we're on the same path. Not See, that's why we need your brother. You can look that up. In right. Let's not lose focus on what the point is. Like, just work your tail off. Like, the end result is going to be that. If you want to be a stand-up comedian and you're doing open mic nights, you better fucking perform every night. Like, that is your Netflix special. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got to work. And, like, like, this podcast. Like, I'm going to promote this shit. Like, one day it's going to have a million followers. 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do everything I can. Like, I've been, yeah, we approach it that way. That's how I think you should approach a passion. If you want if you want it bad enough and you want to make it your end result, you want to make it the thing that funds your existence, that funds your life, where you can enjoy every single day and not work every single day during the week and then wait for the weekend so you can have fun. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like, if your everyday thing... Is fun. Is fun and you're making it like a really good environment, then you're not working every day to wait for the weekend. Because I know you have fun with those kids playing sports and Dude, I, I try, I try my best for every single moment of my day to be something that I want to do. I, I teach two-way training classes, I teach two health classes, and it may sound like a lot of work, and there's a lot of work, and there's a lot of prep, and there's a lot of things that go into it, and sometimes I don't like all of it, but that's just the nature of the beast, the yin and yang of life, Yeah. right? right. But the point is, for me, at the end of the day, I went, I'm going after everything, like, this is going to be my fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and my end result is gigantic. Like, I want to win teaching awards. I want to build a, pro, a soccer program and win state titles. Like, I want to develop my kids and bring them to the best colleges, do the best job that they want to do, help them in any way possible. Like, what's their end result? Let me help you get there. Because I feel like I filled up my bucket to a certain extent, and I got my other side jobs and my other endeavors that I want to do. Right. Uh, but, like, now... It, it's my time. It's my time to fucking help kids fill up their buckets. Help people around me fill up their buckets. Whatever right. that may be. But as long I'm on the other flip side of that right now. I was spending too much time like, helping people, helping people, and I like forgot to like help myself. Sure. And you gotta make sure your buckets filled first, right? Yeah, I heard this well, analogy somewhere. I don't yeah. Remember. So, but in terms to to keep my career strong, like I had to kind of focus more on that. Absolutely. Know? And, um, and there's nothing wrong with focusing on you first. Yeah, you shouldn't let anybody make you no. feel bad about where no, you're yourself. No, you focus first. on you first. Like, there was a time where I was freaking selfish, and I'm still on my way to doing whatever the hell I'm doing. Well, there's I'm a difference between life. being, like, selfish and being geared towards yourself. Because right. once you're happy with yourself and confident in yourself, you can help people more sure. than when you're Love yourself first. Yourself, you know? heard that term before? Love yourself first. Yeah, and I think, and I didn't know that this is how we are going to bring this up, but I think one of the most important things is parenting. And so if parents, as parents, if you always build your kids up and always compliment them and always encourage them and always tell them they're great and Enable let them know. Them. <laughs> Enable them. But, I mean, it, it goes a long way because then they believe in themselves. Um, on the flip side, parenting can, like, like what we were talking about earlier with the gun violence, parenting. Or lack of parenting. Or a lot of those kids, up. you know. Because we've heard Single stories. Single parents. We've heard stories of like a girl that was 12, 14 years old. She had to step up and be like a mom basically because oh, yeah. her mom was off on heroin. So she had to make sure that that welfare check went to groceries and not. So she had to get it. Right. So then they'll have an uncle who's a, who's a heroin addict too or a crack addict. And he would come from the side. He wants that piece of that, that welfare check well, or whatever. Imagine this. What if you had to find Marco throughout the day and, and administer to him one scoop of peanut butter? And yeah. that was your like lunch. Yeah. Like, this is how they survived. Dude, I know. I taught some of these kids. Yeah. I swear to God. Like, I, I have personal stories of kids who did just that, you know? And then I yeah. have to come in and teach. Like, they got to come into school, and I'm trying to teach them. And then, like, I'm holding them accountable. Are you going to bring your gym clothes today? You know what I mean? Do you have your homework for this? Do you have your journal entry? Do you have this? Right. Oh, sorry, Mr. C, I don't have this because X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like, to a certain extent, I want to be sympathetic. But also, like, I want to show them tough love. But I'm in a, I was in a spot where it's just like, okay, you've got to be careful on how 
much tough love you're giving them and how much that you should be sympathetic towards. Like, I was, you know, I'm still a relatively young teacher. I still don't know exactly how to handle those situations, but I do the best I can in the moment. You know what I mean? Well, and think Try about to nurture them, way. but at the same time, help them develop. And another way parenting helps, too, think about it like this. Like, for example, Sabri's dad, he's a business owner. Oh, yeah. He Entrepreneur. Shows Blue college. He shows his kids what that is. Like, right. So that he sees that. Okay, my dad Huge. runs his own business, makes good. And, like, my dad's a lawyer. Okay, so I was going to his office when I was a kid, and I see him in a suit and tie, and I see, okay, I know what this is. Like, we would go to the take your son and right. daughter to work day, right, right, right. too, and, like, we're exposed to that. Absolutely. If your dad's not around, or he's not there, or he's not doing something like that. You or they know, don't work. This kid doesn't even know that's a thing. Right. Like, my, our friend's dad's a psychiatrist, so he knows about that world. For sure. He knows right. that that's how to, how, and how to get there, go get your, which degrees, and how you got to do it. Um, he's exposed to that. We know that this stuff's there. If you grew up, grew up in a situation where you know you you didn't you don't know that even exists. Absolutely, man. Like you are molded by your environment and your surroundings and your elders, right? We yeah. look to them as inspiration. We look to them as what we know because that's who's there when we're around, right? That's who's there when we're growing up. So we look at them and we look at what they do and we mimic them. We're creatures of heaven. Exactly. Right? We mimic them. Yeah. Exactly. And that's it, man. And if it's, like, you don't, if you don't know any better and it's just bad habits or harming other people or harming yourself, you know, it's tough. It's tough. But, like we said, there's people that come from worse that make it out and they make it to, a, you know, a giant success in their life whatever they define success as you know right, right. see so, and i was saying like i coach this kid uh, in football and and basketball from park ridge mm-hmm. but he doesn't need me maybe the maybe a kid from Englewood needs me more sure but what, what i did tell him is this i said listen luke if you you don't even realize this but park ridge is a curse in disguise if you don't if you don't recognize it because while Kevin Durant was with nothing, he had a basketball, and he would practice every day. In Park Ridge, there's so much distractions, video games, where are the guys at, where, who's telling You're I don't miss safe any, in a bubble. Safe in a bubble, you don't want to miss any jokes, so instead of going to train, you don't want to miss, if Tommy's telling a joke, no one wants to miss jokes. We all go through it as kids, FOMO, yeah. fear of missing out. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we do it now on, fa- on social media. Yeah. That's why we're constantly checking our goddamn cell phones on Facebook. <laughs> what are we going to miss out on, dude? But I told him. Who likes me? You're not going to remember, <laughs> you know, you're not going to remember the joke that Timmy told at the sleepover. But if you go practice, if you go to practice tonight and with your travel team, Luke, and you practice, and you, you're going to remember the 30,000 fans screaming your name. And he looked at me, and he realized what's, what's more important at that time. Yeah. Is he going to put it into effect? I think so. You hope so. I that, hope that's so. the hope. That's the hope. But yeah. it's you never a, know what happens. It is, do you see how that could be like a curse in disguise? For sure. Of course, yeah. With all the distraction. And I remember, I remember like our, we had, for Junior Hawks baseball, like we had a baseball practice indoors the same night that there was a dance party. You know, it was mm-hmm. little community center yeah. parties. Yeah, I love those and dances. And we had to go <laughs> practice. And you had to make that choice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not to say I didn't go to the party for like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> hey, so you're kind of funny, man. See, and that's what I was going to say. This could have been really funny, but I think it was more important to touch on some. I think you can go back and forth. I think you could. I think you can go back. I think we had our good. We got, <laughs> we got pretty deep there. I think yeah, we got, we got pretty deep there. And I like, I like going there. See, we're just concerned shit. citizens of the world. Is what All right, guys, that was a great conversation. Funny a little bit now.
We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks to Matt Campbell for being here. Catch you all next time, episode four of Donnie and the Machine. Take care.